Help keep Kinks and Beats daily ad-free and receive bonus content early with a contribution of 20 cents per episode. Visit herohabit.com shop for more information. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. Thank you for downloading today's episode. Uh, first off, I hope everybody that has been quarantined or uh, 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 sit and secure, whatever they're calling it, uh, is safe and healthy and that um, listening to great music. Take this time to go listen to some albums. You know, I know it sucks for people, especially if you're having to suffer through this and not getting paid. But um, try to find the bright side in all this and, and pop on an album and just listen to some good music for a little bit. And to all those who are out working and making sure that uh, you know shelves get restocked and we get fed and, and can go see doctors, thank you for doing all of that. Um, I'm afraid it's going to get worse before it gets better, but it will get better. And we will keep delivering podcasts every single weekday including some bonus episodes coming up um, to help kind of provide a little bit more entertainment, I guess. So thank you for downloading. And like I said, I hope everybody's safe and healthy. Today, episode 113, we're talking about the song Sexy Sadie, which was released November 22nd, 1968 on the White Album by the Beatles. Tune was written by John uh, while the band was visiting India. Because he'd got rumors, or he'd heard rumors that uh, the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi was making some sexual advances on Mia Farrow. And this really disillusioned John. You know, he thought the Maharishi was above all that kind of stuff and was a more decent human being. And so he wrote this song in response to that um, as he was leaving the retreat. Uh, Mia Farrow's sister, who was also uh, at this retreat with them, uh, was this uh, inspiration for Dear Prudence. So the Pharaoh sisters feature very prominently on John's contributions to the White Album, uh, on arguably two of his best songs on the White Album. Uh, it was originally titled Maharishi, if you do the syllable count, Maharishi's Sexy Sadie. George Harrison had convinced him to change the title. Uh, and the lyrics ended up getting adjusted too. And we know this because, so the Beatles had requested when they started recording the White Album, they made a request that um, studio banter and jam sessions and things that happened between official recording takes, they, they wanted all that to be preserved. And so there are three full tapes in existence in Abbey Road Studios that are studio banter and stuff like that, the between takes stuff. And I mean, some of it gets used, you know, we've heard... Uh, studio banter and things getting used like on the love soundtrack for the Vegas show. Uh, among those tapes, there is a, a, a segment in where Lennon is singing for Paul, the original lyrics and the original intent of the song. Uh, and to which Paul, after hearing it says, maybe it was a good idea that we went a little gentler or something like that. You know, it was, it, they were scathing lyrics that didn't hold back any punches and were, uh, ups- I, if I was to read them to you now, I would have to give this podcast an explicit warning because, uh, it hits a lot of the big ones, but he did tone it down. And then they spent a long time 
putting this song together. The, they did 21 takes on July 19th, um, although these were mostly rehearsals. And uh, then they went back to it a few days later, did another, what is that, 22 takes, 25 to 47, um, which was a complete remake. Did not have any resemblance to the one they did before. And then a second remake was done, and they started those takes at 100. So uh, if you see, if you're reading about this song elsewhere and you see, oh, 107 takes were done of Sexy Sadie, it's a little misleading because there was no take 48 through 99. It jumps from 47 to 100. But that's still, they did a ton of takes of this song over several recording sessions. But during the second remake, this is ultimately when we get the version um, that we know from the White Album. And what amazes me, so, well, I'll get to that, I guess. Um, Paul plays piano, and this is a great piano line. Uh, that piano introduction with the, you know, the wobbly uh, affected piano and everything. Everything about this song sounds kind of out of tune and janky, you know, but it totally works. Maybe because of the subject matter of the song. But uh, what we're dealing with here is a song almost absence of a key. And really absent of a chorus. And so what the band does to make it interesting is, you know, we keep getting this re repeating piano line, the descending dun, 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 that keeps popping in and out. And then they keep throwing little bits and pieces in, you know, whether it's in the background vocals or in, during the fade out, which was originally much longer. There was a longer coda to it that ended up getting edited out. And I wish it wouldn't because right at the fade, like mere seconds before the song ends, we hear this new guitar come in out of nowhere and does this cool little guitar fills. And, uh, and then that's it. And then, it, and then the song's over. And so that always amazes me about the Beatles is that they will throw in these little nuggets, you know, on the fade out. They have no connection to the rest of the song and just throw it away. And it's like any other band would have developed that out in another 20 seconds or whatever, you know, to to make the song bigger, but they just let it go. And uh I wish that we'd had an official release of that extended um coda so that we could hear that. But like I said, total absence of a key signature for all intents and purposes. Because what John does and I'm going to apologize in advance. Uh this is a very hard song to sing because of the high notes and I don't have John's upper range but we start with a C chord D to G pretty straight ahead stuff right 4 5 1 but then he goes down to an F sharp 7 now in the key of G the F sharp chord is a diminished chord not a major chord so we're already borrowing from elsewhere. Then an F chord. And then he lands on the five. D7. So he does bring us back to G. We're, we're mostly centered in G. The, the verses and everything all start on the chord of G. 
we everything kind of leads back to G, but he's not using uh, conventional chord structures to do it because we've we've just gone down chromatically G F sharp F and then the D seven. Um, so that's just chromatic movement. It's not. I'm not even going to say he's borrowing chords. I'm just going to say that he's just um, absent of a key there. Then we get into the verse. Sexy Sadie. Then a B minor. That is in the key of G. That's your three chord. Four, five, one. And then we're back down to that F sharp seven. Sadie, you broke the rules, you laid it down for all to see, you laid it down for all to see, sexy Sadie, oh, you broke the rules. Now here he lands on the G chord, we're back home. But now he's turning it around. So instead of this descending line, he switches to ascending. And uh, uh, coincidentally, on the line, one sunny day, the world was waiting for a lover. One sunny day, the world was waiting for a lover. Whoops. She came along to turn on everyone. Now this one is... Uh, in the chords, he's doing a, a one chord, a two chord, a three chord, and a four chord. He is adding the dominant sevens, so that kind of gives it um, uh, a bluesier sound and opens up the harmonies a little bit, but he is just climbing up the scale in this case. Turn on everyone, sexy Sadie. Now this is an A7 chord. And then a G sharp chord, and then in G. And then we're back into the descending pattern. So he alternates between these ascending and descending chords. Um, but the way he uses the, like the descension is when he's really the most pissed off. You made a fool of everyone. What have you done? You broke the rules. And then when he's ascending, it's like when he's looking in the past. One sunny day, the world was waiting for a lover. She came along to turn on everyone. Sexy Sadie, the greatest of them all. So like he he goes back to this like he wants us to feel hopeful and have that anticipation. So he's switching the, the chords to be ascending. We gave her everything we own just to sit at her table. Just a smile would lighten everything. That's ascending. Sexy Sadie, she's the latest and the greatest of them all. And then we get back to, she made a fool of everyone, however big you think you are, right? It's a very cool way to, to write your chord structures. And it sounds good on guitar. It sounds good on piano. It's just one of those tunes that um, the chords are just you know very unique and, and stand out as their own. And they just work. So that's Sexy Sadie. Um, go listen to that. It's on the playlist. Uh, 
the new remaster of it from the 2018 box sounds incredible. Um, and this has always been one of my favorite Beatles songs. Uh, definitely one of my favorite White Album tracks because it's so weird and different and has all the touchstones of a Beatles song, but doesn't really sound like the Beatles song you've heard before. You know, so it's it's simultaneously very, um, you know, what we're used to them, and then something brand new. So go listen to that. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this track. Give me a call, 925-494-1739, or email me, kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. And um, if you visit herohabit.com and go to the podcast page uh, for this podcast, you can find all the ways to contact me, all the ways to subscribe to this podcast, all the episodes that we've done, any articles that we've written about the two bands, um, all sorts of stuff there. So visit herohabit.com for all that. And I will talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by herohabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. Herohabit.com. Collect your heroes.